Welcome to the first of my podcasts, North by Norway. I'm Andrew J. Boyle. I'm Scottish-Norwegian. I've lived and worked in Norway for over 40 years. And I've got a lot to tell you about this extraordinary country. I find that Norway holds some attraction for most people. Perhaps the romance of the Vikings and the fjords. Perhaps the modern saga of social democracy. Well, this series will range across Norway's history, culture, nature and today's society. And I thought it would be fun to get the series underway by taking a look at that most magnificent icon of Norwegian history, the Oseberg ship. The finest ship to have survived ten centuries since the Viking era. The ship that has been the model, the blueprint, for all those sleek-lined, awe-inspiring Viking ships you've ever seen on television and film. For visitors to Oslo, the Viking Ship Museum and its superlative treasure, the Oseberg ship, has been top of the list of attractions. In recent decades, that queen of the Viking Age has surrendered many of her secrets, pretty reluctantly, it must be said, and some of the things we've learnt have been, well, astonishing. Let's go back, not 1,200 years to when she was built, but first a short hop, back to 1988. Imagine we're standing, you and I, right in the middle of a fjord in the west of Norway. It's called the Herøy Fjord. Now, we're not getting our feet wet. In fact, we're standing on the outermost promontory of a tiny island called Flovad, with the waters of the fjord on all sides. Behind us towers the lantern of the Flovær lighthouse, guiding vessels in from the open North Sea to the Skerries and Archipelago outside the towns of Orlesund and Volda. We're here on this day, early in May 1988, to watch a truly remarkable event. For off to the south of the lighthouse we can see in our binoculars a copy of a Viking ship, her sail filled with wind, making a turn up towards us. There's a fresh breeze from the North Sea, maybe 10 metres a second, but not enough to explain what we're seeing. This Viking ship, it's called Dronningen, that is, uh, the Queen. Dronningen is on her first full trial out towards the open sea, <laughs> and she is in big trouble. is the first full-scale reconstruction of the Oseberg ship. It was a huge scientific undertaking, built using the technical drawings of the Oseberg made by the National Museum of History. From our vantage point by the Flauver Lighthouse, 
we can see that the crew are struggling to keep her under control. And then in just a few seconds, the ship dips and disappears down into the fjord. According to those who were on board, the Ronningen didn't capsize, she sailed herself under the waves. It was a disaster. A really black day for the historical experts in Norway and Denmark working on Viking history. How was it possible? Dronningen was an exact copy of the Oseberg ship, the jewel of the Viking Age. And yet, the facts were indisputable. She was not seaworthy. For us to understand that nightmare, which a handful of experts experienced, I think it might help if I conjure up another bad dream that most of us will have experienced. What we might call the IKEA challenge. The challenge of assembling some Scandinavian wooden object from a flat-pack state. You've come home from IKEA with your Klepstad wardrobe or your torn Viken kitchen island. Very nice, very nice. Or your hemness chest of eight drawers. All disassembled and neatly tucked away into flat cardboard boxes. Somehow, during assembly, that annoying drawing goes missing. Then the dog runs off with the front of a drawer in its mouth, buries it somewhere, and yet you still end up with a couple of pieces too many, and the chest of drawers is a wee bit wobbly. And what's that got to do with the Oseberg ship, or its copy, Dronningen, not being seaworthy? Well, the Oseberg ship, too, had come as a flat pack, ready to be assembled. The ship was excavated in 1904, but not in one piece. After 1200 years, the weight of its burial mound had crushed and broken it. When the archaeologists gathered together all the wood in a warehouse in Oslo, they had over 2,000 pieces. And the annoying drawing of how to put it all together? Hmm, gone missing 12 centuries earlier. It was the mother of all IKEA challenges. Each of these 2,000 pieces had to be steamed and moulded into something resembling their original shape. And, well, when the archaeologists were done, the ship they'd built was very beautiful. But there were a few pieces left over for some reason, and it was, to be honest, a wee bit wobbly. This came to light in the 1990s and 2000s, when experts tried to understand what had happened on that disastrous early voyage of Dronningen. They used x-rays of the Oseberg ship, they used advanced scanning technology and wave machines, and finally discovered that the men who had put the Oseberg jigsaw back together had taken, let's say, a few shortcuts. The Oseberg ship they'd created had a bow that was narrower above the waterline than the original had been, and the submerged part of the hull they created was smaller than the original had been. Altogether, 
not surprising that there were a few pieces left over. I'm sure some of you listening to this have been to the Viking Ship Museum in Oslo. It's really quite sobering to think of all the hundreds of thousands of visitors who have come to the museum and who have imagined the Oseberg ship riding the waves, its sail catching the wind and the wind almost lifting her over the white crests. When in fact, in the way she'd been reassembled in the early 1900s, well, she'd have gone straight to the bottom. Now, these were minor faults when reconstructing the ship, and not even to the most expert eye were they evident before a copy was put on the water in 1988, Dronningen. So, the Oseberg ship looks today pretty much as she would have looked on her finest day ever, back in the 9th century. And of course, we have to ask the question, if a copy of the Oseberg had been made without these faults, ah, how would she have fared then, with her full sail up and the fresh wind behind her? Stick around and you'll get the answer to that at the end of today's podcast. So we mustn't lose sight of the simple fact that the Oseberg burial mound concealed the world's richest Viking burial ever found. Nothing to remotely rival the Oseberg ship has ever been found. She is 22 metres in length, that's 72 feet. She has a prow and a stern with wood carvings of exquisite subtlety. Ornamental garlands, geometric patterns, mythical beasts, all twist and twine around each other with extraordinary intricacy. The prow rises up like the neck of a swan to be rounded off with a delicate inward spiral representing the head of a serpent. And some of the grave goods found on board are breathtaking in their craftsmanship. Not least the carriage that had been used in the procession to the burial site. It's carved with equally intricate patterns and mythological figures representing scenes from the saga stories. I've put some links on the webpage to sites you can explore to see the ship and its glorious artefacts. And well, for the foreseeable future, it's the only way we can enjoy the treasures. The museum shut down in the autumn of 2021 and will probably remain closed for three years. Nothing to do with the pandemic, but uh, everything to do with the fact that the Oseberg ship is in danger of vanishing, not in a puff of smoke, but into a pile of powder. In 2014, an emergency project was set in motion called Saving Oseberg. 
the leading scientist behind the project, has said this. The wooden objects in the worst condition are extremely fragile and brittle. Their varnished surfaces disguise the highly disintegrated inner wooden fabric. A thin crust holds the objects together. So, in brutal terms, the Oseberg ship, the great treasure of the Viking Age, is being held together by its varnish. You'd think Norway, with all its petroleum wealth, might build a state-of-the-art museum for the treasures and move them there. But the ship is so fragile it can't be moved. So the plan is to build that state-of-the-art museum around the ship on its present location. And hopefully, when it opens in 2025, there is still an Osebeg ship to exhibit. Norway hasn't always taken good care of the ship. At the time the burial mound was opened in 1904, the country was in the most passionate phase of its fight for independence from Sweden. And you can imagine just what a lift it gave to the campaign for independence to see what Norwegians had been capable of as far back as the 9th century. However, a year after the discovery of the ship, as it was being assembled in Oslo, independence was finally secured. After hundreds of years in unions with first Denmark, then Sweden, Norway was again a sovereign nation. The battle had been won, and, well, it was time to look to the future, not the past. There was really no need anymore for the inspiration of Viking ancestors. What was needed now was investment, industry, not sagas and ancient ships. Incredible to us today, the Oseberg ship was left for 20 years in a leaky, dusty shed somewhere behind the university and to all intents and purposes forgotten about by the wider population. Only in 1925 was it moved to its purpose-built house on the island of Big Day, where it still is today. The Oseberg find is the extraordinary exception to the rule, for, as a rule, wooden things dug up from the ground after a thousand years or more are going to be in a bad state and most Viking ships that have been excavated have been a, a few scattered bits of timber, enough rusty nails to fill a bucket, and little else. So, as an exception, the survival, well, so far, of the Oseberg ship and its artefacts is quite simply miraculous. In fact, it has rather spoiled us, raised expectations to unreasonable levels. Well, this is made very clear by the ongoing excavation of the Jellestad ship, the first major excavation of a Viking vessel in Norway since Oseberg over a hundred years ago. 
I've been following it avidly, not least because of the field at Yellowstad where the ship was found. Well, it's only about half an hour from where I live. The discovery was announced in 2018 with all fanfares blazing, and the world's press picked it up and ran with it, as if some vessel that might grace an episode of Vikings on television was about to resurface. Another Oseberg? No. A length of keel was recovered. Otherwise, a few scattered bits of timber, enough rusty nails to fill a bucket. I started with the sad tale of Dronningen, the Queen, the faithful copy of the Oseberg ship that sailed herself under the waves in 1988. Well, after the lessons were learnt about the botched job of putting Oseberg together, a huge project was started in 2011 to build a new copy. This was to be the Saga Oseberg. Identical to the original Oseberg ship, but now without the reconstruction faults. She was built in Tönsberg, just a few kilometres from the Oseberg burial mound. I visited the site as a journalist, about halfway through the build, and I asked the project leader, Einar Erlingsen, what his motivation was. He said, Why would the Vikings build a terrible ship when they knew so much better? His team's Saga Oseberg was put on the water in 2012 and in the decades since has proven that if you're able to stick to that annoying drawing that comes with the flat pack, it pays off. It turned out that the majestic Oseberg and its faithful copy, Saga Oseberg, did make huge demands of the crew on board, but she was in fact technically advanced and seaworthy. Under sail, she could do up to 12 knots. Well, we've got to the end of the podcast, and I haven't even told you who it was that was given a burial with so much pomp and ceremony. Who was buried on the ship? If this was the most magnificent of all ship burials we know of, which great Viking leader was given the honour? Two skeletons were found on board, and they baffled and astonished archaeologists. Even when DNA tests were done on the remains, they continued to throw up challenging questions. We'll find out why in a few weeks, when I return to the wonderful Oseberg ship. Next time, I'm going to dig into the tourism industry and the surprising way it got going. In the meantime, do please rate the show. It means a lot. And, well, if you like the cool north, tell all your cool friends. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Music